Are you ready to get real? Welcome to Real Estate, the world's loneliest career, where you're always out of balance, unfulfilled, the role models are fake, the numbers unattainable, and you're just supposed to be and do it all. Join self-made millionaire real estate agents, wives, moms, and business owners as we level up, learn from special guests, and elevate and disrupt an entire industry through real education our way. Good morning, sports fans. I don't know. That's like a thing that someone says, right? Somewhere? Someone that was like a famous thing. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really a sports fan. Yay, sports, go sports. Uh, go sports. <laughs> I'm just making sure that we're live. Uh it's exciting to be back. Like I we only took a week break, but I feel like it was longer than that, which is weird. Um so yeah, so we uh went to two conferences in the last week. Um one of them was Juan Rodriguez's Elevate Conference in uh, Colorado Springs. And one of them was a conference called Built How, which is run by Ben Kinney and Chris Juarez in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So um, we thought we would kind of just, you know, download what we learned from both of those conferences since everybody wasn't able to attend. And I feel like we learned some pretty great stuff. So do you have like one um takeaway or like one theme that you think kind of was the theme of the elevate conference because i think that i have one that was the theme of both of them but i mean i guess i guess the one takeaway um that i grabbed was you have to change your business with the changing environment right now um in our real estate world if you don't you're going to be left behind if you do, you're going to be thriving. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I heard too. So, um, you know, there was a lot of, I don't know how to, okay. So I feel like everybody at the conferences did a very good job screwing around the fact that things could get scary, but they were definitely saying things could get scary. So I felt like they did a really good job trying to keep people feeling motivated and inspired and, and unafraid. But yeah, like the one thing that I walked away with was like, wow, okay, we're really in this, whatever this is right now. And like, we're going to continue to really uh, be in this. And so, yeah, we better like pivot, uh, dig our heels back in. Yeah. Get our shit together. Right. Like continue to take really good care of our clients because the poop could hit the fan really quickly. That was, that was kind of what I, took away from it as well. Um, at the, at the built out conference in Phoenix, they had, um, some people up on the stage, like multiple people from Goldman Sachs, which like I, most people probably know Goldman Sachs is a wildly, like probably the most respected financial firm. And they do a lot of financial analysis and they were talking about what could happen next. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it could get a little scary. I keep hearing like two schools of thoughts. One um, is that it could get a little scarier. And then the other one is saying this is the that worst we're worst. in the scary right now and that we're sitting in the worst of it um, right now, probably through the end of the year, maybe into like, you know, the beginning of next year. But um, like a lot of people on the stage 
that I heard talking were saying post-recession, meaning like next spring. So it's kind of interesting. Um, huh. What do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm not educated um, the way that the people at Goldman Sachs are, you know, like they, um, they obviously are a bit smarter in that realm than I am and understand how to do that kind of, you know, research. And I don't, um, you know, I take it as a cautionary, you know, tale, like, Hey, it might get worse. And if it does, what are you going to do? Um, if it doesn't, and you're already doing those things, what's the worst that could happen? You're going to be busier. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking the exact same way. And I think that's like a hundred percent how everyone else should be thinking, right? Like, for the first time in 21 years, I bet you probably feel the same way in, in the first time in your years, all the same years. I don't know what happens next. It's difficult for me to answer that question for clients. It's difficult for me to answer that question for myself. I don't know. Um, but like you said, what I took away from these conferences was we need to dig in and work. Um, and that the market gave a lot of agents and like we'll put ourselves up on that block whatever like we're in the agent population a lot of opportunities that were i'm not going to say easy because i don't think this job is easy but that were um easier to come by the opportunities um and so now we have to go back to hunting right versus like we kind of just stood back and took orders the last couple of years so we got to get into like proactive and not reactive and um you know like you said like okay so what if things do get better in the spring i don't think we're ever going to see in our lifetime again by the way what happened over the last two three years but oh. if things pop up again in the spring a little bit like what's the worst that happens if you dig in and you pivot your business right like right you're just gonna it, be busier. Just like trending wise, like it should get better in the spring because that's what it, the market does. You know, like I I understand that there's like a ton of research being done on this, but the thing that's always going to be the standard is like our annual trends are still trends. Like it still slows down this time of year. Like that's normal. It still gets busier in spring. That's normal. So all of a sudden, some guy's going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I feel like it's going to be better in spring. Well, no shit. It always is. Yeah. Like, January 1 through April 30th. That's the selling season every single year. 100%. You're right. I think, I think too, like the big thing right now um, that, I'm, that I'm seeing and what I'm teaching my agents is what we saw in the last two years was not normal. And it wasn't normal that you just throw a house in the MLS and poof, it's sold for way over market value. You didn't do shit to the house. Um, you didn't barely staged it. Like some people don't even do that. You took cell phone photos. <laughs> you don't want to fly anymore, guys. Like that house, like you're competing against, let's say we have a big neighborhood here called Lorson Ranch. Okay. There's like ass loads of houses. Oh, well, someone at the, someone at the conference brought this neighborhood specifically up to me. Yeah. So there's like, 200 homes for sale in Lorson Ranch. <laughs> That's a shitload. So if your house is not standing out at all, like in these bigger neighborhoods where all the houses are vanilla builder quality, like basic shit, that's not going to fly. How are you going to stand out in that market? How are you as an agent going to stand out? Like if your house isn't standing out and you as an agent aren't standing out, what the hell are you doing? You better figure it out.
So, um, I mean, what I'm doing is I'm making sure that my houses look better than every other house. Right now, that is the only way to get to the top of that list is to make that house stand out better than everybody else's. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm incorporating video into my marketing now, which scares the shit out of me. But I'm doing it because I have to. If I don't, I'm going to be like one of those like agents that might as well be on AOL at this point, have the AOL email address. Like if I don't get on board with this video shit, like I'm going to be left behind fast. So I got to figure it out. That's what I'm doing. I'm learning the TikToks, like bought a book about it. Um, if you're not doing those things and you're not getting better, you're going to be left behind. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree a million percent because there's two shifts happening, right? Like the market is shifting, compressing, making it harder to find opportunities. Um, and when that compresses, the other shift that happens is the agent compression, right? So like now it becomes more about who's competing how. And so a lot of what we heard at these conferences was, you know, what is real estate of the future look like? Uh, what do we need to be doing in order to be competitive as agents in order to stand out as agents? Um, a lot of what we heard about was technology, like almost all of it, right? Video, social media, um, what CRM you're using, how you're sending clients things. And then the other side, which is people need to dig into that or dig back into it if they've never dug into it, but is the total analog side, which is going back to phone calls, meeting with clients in person, having coffee, going to networking stuff, um, you know, writing handwritten notes, all that stuff, right? So um, yeah, I think there's a lot of, well, we know it not, I think NAR says 90% of agents have never sold a home in a market where interest rates are above 4% or where a house sits on the market longer than 30 days. So we know that 90% of the real estate community has never done these things in their business before. It's not even like, oh, we got to go dig back into our tool chest and like start doing it. They've never done it. Right. So if you've never done it, you don't know what to do. You can hire someone that does. So I literally just hired someone. Um, I hired an executive assistant um, and I hired an event planner that is incredible that does client retention stuff and event planning for me uh, because those are things that are really important and are gonna be more important. And um, she also does social media stuff for me. So she's gonna be doing a lot of TikTok things that I don't understand. Um, I can't learn them fast enough, so I need to hire somebody that does know it. And I think that people are going to get lost if they're not making hires right now. Like, I know the market is scary, but if you're not hiring the right people, you got to do that right now. You, this is and not you, to like, let people go. No. And if you absolutely cannot, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I was thinking about the exact same thing that you're thinking about. Um, if you can't afford it, like, if you really can't, now Angela's saying, if you can't afford it, you can't afford not to, right? You can't afford not to, no. But if you literally, you know, if you're newer, if you're really in trouble, if you really, really can't afford to make a hire, not that you just don't want to make a hire, um, you know, then what I was thinking about this weekend is what you have an abundance of is, is time, right? Mm -hmm. So like life is either time or money. If you have the money to hire someone amazing, if you don't have the money to hire someone, you better do what Angela is doing, which is, and I'm doing go to the bookstore, get books, learn, go on YouTube, learn things there. Um, we've had a guy on our show uh, multiple times, Garrett Maroon. He's amazing. He's got two episodes with us. He talks about how to like engage your sphere on a super high level. Um, Liz Johnson was on our show. She wrote a book called Perk Your Sphere, right? So like 
go out there and get the things and and spend your time learning how to do these things. So either make the hire to leverage it, or if you don't have a lot of business right now, you better be spending your time sharpening your sword and learning things to get you through this. Yeah. Because sure. NAR, NAR literally says they expect 50% of the real estate population will not survive whatever this is that we're in right now, however long this is in. Um, and you know, you and I can speak from experience in, in 2008, um, coming out of the great recession, Denver metro area, which is five counties had just under 4,000 licensed real estate agents. We have over 40, 40,000 now. So, um, the compression that can happen, we saw the upswing from 4,000 to 40,000. That's 10 X, right? The compression can be 10 X too. Yep. I think it'll be interesting to see how many people renew their license after this quarter, basically, who's still left in January. Because honestly, if, in my opinion, if you can figure out how to shift your business and make it to January or February, like it's October, okay? If you can make it a few more months, you're going to be okay. Like those are the ones that you're still standing after that. You're going to be good. Like, just keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. Like, keep doing, keep having those good habits. Like, do your social media. Like, I saw an agent the other day that doesn't have social media at all. And then I pulled his stats and lo and behold, it was so weird. He sold zero fucking houses. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. You have to figure it out. You have to do these things or you're going to be left behind. I'm up against um, another agent for a listing appointment today, um, which doesn't happen very often for me. But I pulled his stats because I wanted to know what I was up against. Motherfucker hasn't sold a house in three years. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Like, in the absence of value, you are just going to drop the price of your commission. And that is not going to be enough this season. Not enough. Not enough. Because what we've talked about on this show, which is backed up by statistics, is in tough real estate times where it's harder to sell houses, that value of an agent goes up. Right. Yeah. So if sellers are willing to pay more because it's more difficult to sell a property, they are not in the same mindset of, oh, I'll just take whoever's cheaper. Now they're going, oh, I'll pay this agent more because they're better. If I hire this person at a lower commission, I'm still going to sell it and it's just going to sell for a little bit less. Mm -hmm. No, it's the difference between are you going to sell it or not? That's the difference. And can you make the move that you need to make next at a right. seven, eight, or nine? Goldman Sachs said nine percent interest rate on the stage, which literally made me pee in my pants. Nine percent interest rate. Can you make that move? Right. Or not. Um, I found I took these slides from the Built How conference and I thought these were really good. This is what they ended with. Um, and it was like their last minute, like tactical. This is how we would coach people to go into the end of the year. Um I thought that I could share these and we could talk about them. So their step one was begin by looking at the calendar right now. So today, like Angela said, it's October 4th. You are actually a sports fan. What's it called when you do the fourth quarter? Like you do fourth quarter push or fourth quarter? Yeah, it's your final push, right? Your like fourth quarter run. Fourth quarter of the year, you've only got a quarter left to like make your goals happen. So better bust your ass to make it work. So they said, begin by looking at the calendar today. You're at the beginning of the fourth quarter. 
and tally. So like physically write down note in your notebook, whether it's on, like I used Gmail calendar, Angela loves like an old school planner, write down the days, the number of days that you are actually committing to working and playing full out for the rest of the year. So, you know, go through your calendar, write down the kids Halloween party, take that off the list, write down Christmas, write down Thanksgiving, take that off the list, and then tally up the number of days, like, like schedule yourself for the rest of the year, the number of days that you are willing to play full out at your job for the rest of the year. Um, and then the next slide is tally. How many transactions do you want closed and pending by the end of the year? How many listings do you want to take? Right. And, um, I would include in that through January because in my opinion, real estate, I mean, yes, if you really go full out, I do think you can accomplish all this by the end of December, but, um, in real estate, the things that we do typically show up 90 days later, right? So like if you start now, in my opinion, more through the end of January, but how many transactions do you want closed or pending under contract by end of January? And how many listings do you want to take? That's the next step. And then they said, um, and I think we've talked about this on our show. We've just never said it this like succinctly before any day any day, seven days a week right now, because that's what it's going to take, that you do not have an appointment with a client, commit to getting in front of a person or a group every day. So, um, you know, at Lana's conference, at the Elevate conference, we heard a lot about digital stuff, um, Facebook Lives, TikTok Lives, Instagram Lives. So um, I love this. Like this is, this was my biggest takeaway. Get in front of one person or one group every single day that there is not an appointment with a client or an appointment with a prospect currently on your calendar. So whether you're going for coffee, taking someone to lunch, you know, going for a walk around the neighborhood with people, going to a new book club, joining a BSN networking group, like whatever it is, um, you know, doing a Facebook live, doing an Instagram live, going live on TikTok. I don't think that a static post counts at this. I'm going to say that. I don't think that just like posting, you know, because we do that all the time, like what you ate for lunch counts as this. I think you have to like get in front of an audience. Right. I mean, like I've already made five posts today. Like that doesn't count. Like that's that's normal shit. Like you have to go out of your way and do something special, like alive, something that's different um, because it's important. I really like this one. Like this is really, truly, I think what I'm going to focus on the hardest through the rest of the year is any day that you're not in front of a client, get in front of a human or a group um, and talk about, you know, you got to at least mention real estate in bold. Right. They always taught us that that's what counts as a contact. You have to be, it has the person human has to be alive. Don't care if they're virtual or, or in real life. Um, and you have to mention real estate. And I like that. Cause I think that's like a killer habit to have in, in general. And you're, you've said so many times on this show over the years, um, that action like movement, it's a law of the universe that movement creates business. And you've always said like on days that you don't have stuff to do, go do model homes, go do this, go. So you've always said this. Um, so I think this is the one big one. Or go do a ride along with another realtor that's got shit going on. Like go see what they're doing. Yeah. Like right now I have like tons of realtors reaching out to me that don't have listings that are like, Hey, can I go do a uh, open house on your, on your home? 
on your listing. Like I won't charge you for it. Like there's, you know, here's, here's my portfolio to show you. Like, here's how I do my open houses. Hell yeah. Go do that. Yeah. Be proactive. If you don't yeah. have your own, go take somebody else's. That counts as getting in front of a group of people. That's a great door knocking any of those ways. Yeah. Um, the next point they brought up and I, and I like this a lot too, um, is commit to speaking to commit to speaking to or engaging with your entire past client and sphere group. Um, men who are listening, <laughs> this is going to be tough for you guys because you guys never speak to or engage with your past clients. Um, but, you know, the one other thing that I think we heard the whole time was regardless of what disruption comes in and out of the market, remember someone said, build a moat around your own personal business, which would be your sphere and your own personal clients, build that moat. And no matter what technology comes to disrupt the market, no one will be able to take that away from you. So between now and the end of December, commit to speaking to your entire past client or sphere group, either in person or virtually, it's the holidays. Like there could not be an easier time right. to have a reason to reach out to people. I, um, you know, if, I, if I've been really bad about this, I just own it. And I actually learned yeah. that from Ben Kinney. I heard Ben Kinney say this one time, like, just call those people, text those people and just be like, hey, I need to acknowledge that I've been shit at keeping up with you. What's going on in your life? I just yeah. want to see how you're doing, you know, just own it. Because a lot of people are like, but I haven't talked to them in three years. What am I going to say? Oh. Say, I haven't talked to you in three years. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's going on in your life? And then pick it up like it didn't happen and keep going. Angela, um, there's many episodes on our show at our archives. If you need help finding them, just let us know. Angela has done a lot of talking about Popeyes and how to visit people in person. She is like 10 out of 10 amazing at that. Go back and listen to those if you'd like us to do another episode on that. Uh, we certainly can. Um, so the next step that they said was um, ask ask everyone. Ask everyone what their real estate related plans are for the future and ask for a referral. Um, this is a tough one for people. My best advice, because it can be a tough one for me too, like we're human, um, is come up with a script that works for you that doesn't sound like a script and use it, right? So like, you know, some people, some people would actually in normal conversation say like, hey, what are your real estate related plans for the rest of the year? That might not work for everybody. Some people might be like, hey, are you willing to buy a seller investor? That might not work for everybody. Right. Some people may be ballsy or high D enough to talk to because you've just spoken to your entire sphere of client database and you're getting in touch with one person a day. They might be ballsy enough to say, will you send me referrals? Some people are not. Um, so if you're more timid about this stuff, come up with a way to say it and practice it over and over and over again so that it becomes natural to you. Yeah. I mean, these are your clients. You should have a pretty good idea just by the mention of their last name, which house they have, where it is, and approximately how much equity they have. So that's a pretty easy, um, you know, door opener right there. Like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith family, um, I know you haven't heard from me in a while. I just want to let you know that you guys still, even in this crazy market, I'm sure you've seen some things. Uh, but I want you to know that right now you guys are probably sitting on about fifty dollars to $60,000 of equity. And I was wondering if um, you were, are you still interested in growing wealth? Like, did you want to invest in another home? Because I do have a few opportunities right now. Because our, our houses are going for under asking price, you can probably pick something up for a pretty good value. 
all we'd have to do is refinance your house. Would you like for me to have your uh, lender reach out to you about that opportunity? Love it. Um, Love it. Angela has talked on the show, which like was one thing that she said earlier this year that literally made my brain explode about pulling your team, um, like pulling your players off the bench. Look at me with the sports today. Uh, I'm so sporty. I'm like sporty podcast. Just waiting for you to like. Uh, Angela has talked about pulling in your team, right? So like your lender is your team, your title person is your team, right? So like um, maybe even going to your lender and asking yeah. your lender to, um, cause you want to do boxing sports, a one, two touch, right? So it's not enough to just like touch people one time and never reach out to them again. You need to repeatedly touch them, not inappropriately, but a good one, two punch, right? A good follow-up might be like, Hey, a week after I call these clients, I'm going to give my list of these clients to my lender. Cause my lender worked with all of them and have my lender call and just say, Hey, Again, repeating the same message. I'm I'm sure you've heard weird stuff about interest rates. Um, you know, let me know if you have any actual questions about refinancing or what's going on. And then don't forget to call Angela if yeah. you're gonna make a real estate move or if you know anyone who is. Like that's a killer way mm-hmm. to not have to say it yourself. Get someone else to ask for the referrals for you. Yeah. Um, the next slide that they had was. Protect two to four hours a day for lead generation, lead follow-up, and other income-producing activities. Now, um, everyone argues about this one. Every fucking coach on planet Earth has to argue with every client about this, right? Like, I need to do this every day. Um, you know, four hours is absolutely excessive. I, I actually don't think that four hours is, is excessive right now. Um, and I think that that four hours can include your new prospecting, all the things we just talked about, new prospecting, meeting new people every day that you don't have an appointment, um, and then going through your past client list, right? So like you can easily fill up four hours, but the point they were making was put it on the calendar. There was a woman who stood up on the stage at that conference and she literally said, the way that I made it through the great recession was, I didn't care if the fucking president of the United States knocked on my door during eight to 8 a.m. to noon, I wasn't going to answer it because I was in my bubble right? doing my lead generation. So like, you know, what's the first thing that falls behind when you get busy? Like your lead gen, your follow-up, the stuff that you don't love doing all the time. Your social media, your marketing, your Popeyes, right? So this needs to go on your calendar. You need to build yourself a little bunker, do whatever you need to do. I mean, if you're a mom with young kids, you know, um, Angela and I have both been there schedule an hour during nap time, you know, schedule an hour after they go to bed at night, like, you know, schedule an hour where you include them in your lead generation. You know, they can make videos with you, cutesy little videos to send to your clients, right? Um, Put two to four hours a day of lead generation every day on your calendar and get that shit done. Um, There's two more slides. I really like these. So, um, for the next two weeks, keep a log. Angela and I were actually just talking about this the other day. Um, keep a log of everything that wastes your time and distracts you during the day and, and focus on cutting that stuff out of your life. So, you know, keep a log of, oops, I sat down and watched um, the last episode of the new Game of Thrones show in the middle of what should have been my 8 a.m. to noon uh, lead generation, which like 
yeah, have done it for sure. Right. Or, oh, I was listening to like this amazing audio book and I told this space out is supposed to be doing like get just journal, like mind dump all the stuff that's distracting you. That's keeping you from getting that four hours of work done a day, anything toxic in your life, toxic people, toxic, turning off the news, anything that's making you feel scared, toxic, icky, like journal it because if you don't have it written down, you don't know what it is. And and I've done this before. It's been a while, but like, sometimes you look at your list and you're like, holy shit, no wonder I'm not getting anything done. Right. Or no wonder I'm so afraid. So write it all down and then work, you know, one by one on getting that shit out of your life so that in January you've got better habits. Um, I want to touch on something that Lindsay said. So this whole toxicity thing is <laughs> probably the bit, like the most important thing that you can do is getting that away from you. Um, and you'll see these people, they're constantly posting on social media, negative shit, talking crap about everybody and their brother. Um, like those are the people you don't want around you. Those are not people that you keep in your sphere. Get rid of them, block them. You don't want to even see that. So don't even unfollow them. Just get rid of it completely. Those are, that's a bridge that you burn. Like it's not one that you try to repair with somebody. Like those are people that are just not there in life in a place where you need to be. Um, so it's so important that you get rid of that so quickly. Like I was showing Lindsay the other day, the amount of people on my block list. And I have like four pages of them because like, if I see that shit, I just get rid of it. Like I don't want it in my life. So I encourage you all to edit your sphere and social media is still your sphere. Um, so get rid of that shit. Like you don't need to see it every day. I think we heard that repeatedly from the stage as well. Um, yeah. The message of toxicity, number one, being the people in your life and number two, being the shit that, oops, sorry, the shit that you're consuming. So, um, you know, like for me, I had to, I have to turn off the news or like, I will go into like a death spiral of like toxic negativity. And then it takes me a week to drag myself out of bed. Um, you know, so, so get it out, get it out. Um, and I'm going to add, and I know this is way out there, but like when you're going through that list of stuff, if you're finding things popping up that are mental health things, see a therapist, get on a medication. I started an antidepressant last October. I just crossed a year. It's made a dramatic difference in my life. Um, you know, I, I have two good friends who were, are adults, 40 plus, who were just diagnosed with ADD, ADHD. Um, the last few years has dragged a lot of stuff out of us, right? So as you're going through that list of like distractions and toxicity in your life, if you notice that, you know, on your list, and like, I'm dead serious, this has been on my list before. I'm having a hard time waking up in the morning because I feel depressed. Yeah. If, or I need to take a nap in the middle of the day because I feel depressed or I got distracted because I cried three times today or because I was so anxious. I couldn't breathe three times a day. Like if you're seeing that stuff in your patterns, cause that whole point of that journal is to identify patterns that you don't want to go into next year. Um, right. You might not them. know that it's depression that you're feeling. I it might know. just be different from what you're normally feeling. Um, cause like, I don't like I'm on antidepressants too, and they've changed my life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like asking for help is such a big deal. And eventually I'll talk about, um, why it's such a big deal to me. Um, and what I'm doing to help, um, that obvious, like that's a real epidemic is oh huge mental really? health care, um, and the lack thereof in our, and, and then the lack of normalcy, like both you and I um, have had struggles with this, you know, like that's probably the norm now, but no one well, talks. About it. It's absolutely the norm. I mean, I've lost nine friends in 
um, a year to suicide or purposeful overdose on drugs. Angela's lost friends and clients too. I mean, <clears throat> it is a strength to get help. It is not a weakness. Um, I think we will do a whole episode on this in the future because also like our industry's disgusting and not healthy, too much alcohol, too much drugs, too much, too much, too much conferences, right? You can't do anything at a normal amount. Like everything is at excess in our industry. It's ridiculous. And the roller coasters that you have to ride. Like if you notice things that seem like mental health or just seem like um, things that you can't get past on that list of patterns that you're trying to wipe out for the new year, ask, ask for help. Yeah. Um, and then this is the clients real quick. If you're going through that list of clients and you remember there's that one that was really terrible to work with, go ahead and skip that one. Mm. You don't have to work with them in the future. Okay. You don't have to work with anyone period. If they don't make you feel good inside, you don't have to work with them anymore. Period. I'm giving you like all the permission in the world. Like if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Mic drop on that. Um, sorry that we have to end a couple minutes early today. Speaking of, I have to take my mom to surgery, but this is our, this is the last slide. Um, and this, like, there were two things and they hit me in the gut and I've been thinking about them nonstop. Um, first was someone said, what makes your heart sing in your business and run towards more of that. And then the second was, what are you avoiding that, you know, that if you just did it, it would change all of your next year fucking video advertising video marketing putting myself out there being vulnerable um that way i would think that one for me is a big deal and if i don't do it it's because i am in my own way um it's i don't important. know i don't know what mine is yet i'm still trying to figure that out i'm still trying to figure out what makes my heart sing and what i know i'm avoiding that if i just did the damn thing it would change my life. Um, but I'm working on figuring that out because I think that's really powerful because, uh, I can guarantee you there's at least one thing probably uh, yeah. that, that I'm avoid. I mean, I definitely can think of a few personal, um, yeah. business. <laughs> yeah. I can think of a few <laughs> uh, personal, um, and business wise. Um, probably there's a few there too. Um, one thing i don't know i just keep thinking about that if you guys if that hits you as hard as it hit me what makes your heart sing in your life and your business and what's one thing that you know you're avoiding that if you just did it would change your life um if you think of those and you want to share them with us like please reach out because sharing helps us all get clarity on what ours are too so sharing is caring <laughs> care bears <laughs> Okay, well, um, that was a little short this week because I got to go get my mama from a surgery. Someone's got to take care of her because otherwise she's likely to get lost um, after they give her anesthesia. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It so. is Taco Tuesday and National Taco Day. So um, it's a super easy social media post for you to figure out where you're going, who's eating, you know, who's eating with you. Um, send some tacos, free tacos to your clients, that kind of thing is a really good way to engage your sphere today. So Go live from your local taco shop, talk to the owner. That counts as like meeting two groups of people today. Um, yeah, if you want these slides, reach out. In fact, I'll probably just post them um, in the comments, but uh, I just thought they were really powerful. I know Angela thought that we learned yeah. a lot. So um, yeah. next week we've got a special guest and we're gonna talk 
more logistical stuff about the market and like real projections for what we think is going to happen. So that should be good. So everyone join us next Tuesday, 10 a.m. We love Bye, you guys. Everybody. Bye. Angela and Lindsay would love to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Connect with the homegirls on social media at The Real Homegirls Podcast.